Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here, Patrick Royce with me as always. Patrick, going to get to the links in a little bit. We can probably talk some NBA finals too. Game five should be interesting tonight. Um, maybe talk a little golf over the weekend. That was interesting. Rory McElroy winning in Canada, maybe taking a shot at Greg Norman. In the process, we got to start with the twins, Patrick. I'm going to read back something. Um, old tweets exposed. I'm I'm exposing June second, two thousand twenty-two at three twelve p.m. Patrick Royce, you might know him, <laughs> tweeted: "Beating the odds, Emilio the Magnificent serves up a two-run home run to tear it to terrible hitting Daz Cameron for a three-two loss. Twins storm off to Toronto after losing four of five to Detroit." When the Rays leave Target Field a week from Sunday, this juggernaut will be under 500. They are they exceeded my own nine expectation. Let me say that. Yes. Yes. By five games. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I still don't know how they're winning. They're, they're starting pitching. They didn't have basically their top three guys from the start of the year, right? If we're saying Ryan, uh, Ober, and Gray. Yeah, I guess those were probably would have been in that order I, th- I don't think we think as much as ober as we did when the season no. started but no but but yes at the start of the season i mean sonny gray's really good and ryan's really good those are their two only really good starters and they haven't had them they now threw uh, cole sands and ryan man, ryan managed to miss two weeks with covid i don't know how the hell that happened and uh and sonny gray's been out twice he yes. you know he only made his second start he, he got hurt his second start missed the what three weeks and now he missed again. So yeah, it's, uh, but, but the way they want is a hit. Yes. And it, here's what's amazing. They go to Detroit, they get shut down by that collection. And then they, uh, you know, then Brio Brios just cruises through them. Right. Yeah. On last Saturday. And then they beat up Gausman Gosman. They beat up those three Yankee starters and they beat up Rasmussen to, Tampa guy who'd been pitching really good. That the five straight really good pitchers. They swung the bat, uh, terrific, and uh, he played his B squad on on uh, Saturday. And they, you know, arise hit the home run, and then they, uh, and then they hit the grand slam, and they held on to win that game. And then yesterday they faced a twenty nine year old guy who's been about eight different places, and they get shut out. So. Right. Uh, uh, you you got to hope that's not a trend, but they did uh, swing the bats amazingly well for about five games there. There's no doubt about it. And uh, they surprised me. And uh, it's a good thing that uh, that they did play it as well, because uh, the, the Guardians are uh, coming and they're only uh, three ahead of them. Right. So, and they're uh, tied in the loss column. I was looking at it. Yeah, twins yeah. are th- twins are thirty five and twenty seven. Guardians are twenty nine and twenty seven. I think they've had uh, they got nine double headers coming up or Oof. something. Cleveland, they've had ungodly terrible weather and uh, had all these postponements. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it was it was a good run. It was a you would have liked to seen a little more yesterday. I will say that uh, I was at the game Saturday as a fan, sitting with some uh, family members and. Uh, <laughs> When you're there as a fan, you're not staying after the game. Uh, I go back to the traditions of the 1960s. I leave early to beat traffic. Get out of the ramp, right? Ramp. You got to get out of this ramp so you can be there. So I'm I'm driving home, and uh, they're they're hanging on to this lead, six yep. to five. 
and they take the terrible Nick Gordon out at shortstop. God, he's terrible at shortstop. And uh, they don't use Correa. They got to, they move Polanco. What, what is wrong with him? What put him out there for an inning? It, it, I was, I was, my wife was with me and I'm swearing at the radio and she's wondering what I said, the managers, there's sometimes when you'd like to run down and get him in a headlock and say, what the hell are you doing? It's okay to put Buxton in the pinch run, but you can't send your $36 million guy out there to play shortstop in the ninth inning to get your best uh, fielding on the team. It's put Polanco over there and then uh, put a rise at second and get that Miranda one of the worst first basemen I have ever seen. He's an embarrassment to that position, which has had fat guys playing it for a hundred years. Sano is Raphael Palmero compared to this <laughs> stiff. And, uh, and the, you end up getting, I think he's the guy that ended up at first base, right? Uh, I, I, they, I'll check. I, I don't remember. I knew that we were to rise to second. He's, you know, he can get ahead. I'll say that. He looked better at the plate, but he is God awful in the field. Bad at third and unusable at first. And they keep using him over there. And uh, anyway, that's I, I couldn't believe that he didn't put Correa charged up. That was my that was my complaint of the weekend. But hey, five and four and the most amazing thing that happened in this nine game stretch, you know, like you know, winning two out of three in Toronto was pretty good, but beat knocking all three of those Yankee starters out yes. of the game before the end of the fifth inning. After they, I, I was my column for uh, Tuesday for Wednesday was about the reason the Yankees are good is because they've had these five great starters who right. pitched 53 out of 55 games of the Twins, and they'd had 21 straight games with five innings or more. And the twins knocked all these guys out and they made, uh, you know, they killed their Garrett Cole. I mean, that was a, that was obviously not a, not a good loss, but uh, uh, it, it's incredible what they did to Garrett Cole. So that was uh, the, the way they played against the Yankees was, it was pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, you know, it's baseball too. It's uh, it, you, you lose four out of five in Detroit and then you're, you know, I was as negative as anybody, obviously predicting 0 and 9. And uh, then you then you play great. Now, who knows? You go to Seattle. And Seattle's been struggling, but they've been playing a little better lately. And now you get shut out by a mediocre pitcher. Maybe the bats are going to go cold again. You never know. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Rise is fun, isn't he? Man, no, he's great. I mean, coming off of what you just said, probably wasn't the time for me to bring up the next subject within the subject, which was, do we... Does Rocco deserve a certain measure of credit for getting this team to 35 and 27 at this point? Just because every, you know, the, the way he manages the bullpen sometimes, the way he manages injuries and off days will drive you absolutely nuts sometimes. But like, are they, is there something he, is there, but are there buttons he's pushing that do things that we don't appreciate in some way because he's got two division titles in three years? He's got him in first place this year, even though the pitching staff's been decimated. They've had key 
position players out. What what do you what do you think about that? Is this because of him in a certain way, or do you feel like this is in spite of him because of the way he manages things? Oh, he frustrates me, but I don't think he's calling the shots on, you know, I, th- I think he's calling his shots on Korea. Okay. About, you know, deciding to give him a rest. I don't think that's coming from upstairs, but I think the Buxton plan for rest is coming from right. someone. Don't you? Yes. I mean, th- there's some stuff that's illogical. You play him and get both games of a double header and then you don't play him the next day. I, I don't, uh, I don't, understand that and uh and a lot of stuff that uh, you know i everybody i've accused of being a crusty old baseball guy but i'm a crusty old baseball guy because my theory is if you're healthy enough to play play you know but uh because that's the way it's always been you know take a day off here and there but i he gets uh i don't know it's baseball managers always get a lot of heat by the the uh old style baseball fans uh, who want to bunt, you know, and stuff right. like that. But I, I think he's okay. I, I, I think he's a pot. Uh, uh, you know, if five is, you know, a five on a scale of 10 is, you know, just ordinary, mediocre, not, not good, not bad. I think he's a little above that. I think he's a, he's a six or seven. I, I, I would uh, I would say he's an asset. I, I don't think he's, you know, he, he won the manager of the year the first year, which was, you know, all those manager of the year votes is whoever, whichever team wins 15 more games than they're supposed to, the guy turns out to be the manager of the year. Right. That doesn't have anything to do whether he can manage or not. But, uh, yeah, I'm not – I don't – I don't – I don't get down on him strategically. I get down on him for player usage. And, you know, if, if it's, uh, you know, if it's, uh, uh, you know, the old idea of why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? I, I don't really get on him that much. I don't see a lot of bad stuff. And, and by the way, you know, they have, they have boardroom meetings to decide whether they're going to use a pinch hitter or something. You know, there's about nine guys down right. there. In the South. This isn't, this isn't Tom Kelly standing there making a hundred percent of the decisions or even Cardi basically. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Rocco's a asset to a degree, yeah, to a degree, but, uh, he, he does, he is over, you know, I think the front office has a lot to do with it, but he's also overproductive because of his own injury history. I think, don't you? I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, the it's sometimes I struggle with how much of this is, modern baseball how much of this is just information overload and just you know knowing what we know about player usage how much and then how much players you know how much money is tied up in contracts now and how they're afraid to expose certain assets or however you want to phrase it by risking what well, risk management losing them for long periods of time if they don't give them this rest but yeah i I think there's there's something whatever his approach is and i feel like it's you know more of a laid-back approach he doesn't really rip guys we've talked about that whatever it is he seems like players like playing for him and when you like playing for somebody you probably play pretty well you're probably pretty relaxed i mean they they're you know they don't have massive swings up and down they did a little bit last year but some of that was probably beyond their control. So yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. I just, I, it, uh, he, I think he gets probably more heat than he 
deserves to sometimes just because he because this the, the way he handles people that that bothers people and rightfully so but there's probably something to it and i think you're right there's probably something about about it that's beyond his control too yeah uh doc rock i call him doc rock yes doc rock i mean he does drive me crazy griffin jacks right he's comes out of the Air Force Academy. So he had to do some physical training, right? I mean, they had him run some laps, do some stuff. He's, uh, you got to <laughs> think, uh, I know it's, it's flying. So it's not, you know, the, you know, he's not like running onto the beach with a gun or something. But uh, he dives when that idiot Miranda doesn't go after the ground ball the other day. Jax goes over there and dives and tries to make a play and throw to Miranda who's standing there next to him with his head, you know, in the clouds, some damn place. And, uh, uh, and, but he lands a little bit on his shoulder. Doc and the trainer come running out there to Jack's like He, he kind of winces a little bit. A wince doesn't mean you have to come charging out of the dugout for a guy who went to a service academy. I said, you know, he, he couldn't have gazed at him with more concern if he was a surgeon telling a patient, and eh, that didn't go quite as well as we thought it was going to, you know, right. <laughs> that kind of stuff that make them wave for you. And then the one time they didn't run out there was when Royce Lewis killed himself running into the center field fence. I got to get into that. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, you know, Okay. I thought they'd go 0-9. They went 5-4. and 4. I was wrong about that. I wasn't wrong about Royce Lewis. I was on. This is not a second guess. I My first guess when they sent him to St. Paul was play him at shortstop, maybe some third base. The most important thing with him is to be ready to be your opening day shortstop in 2023. Why everybody else was whining and thought he was a superstar. And we don't know, but right. you didn't need him. You had Urschel playing third. You had Correa playing shortstop and keep him the hell out of the outfield. And because he, he had played some there, but not a lot. Right. And he basically admitted to us on really a nice kid by the way he basically admitted to us friday night that he didn't know what the hell he was doing when he ran back there and tried to catch that ball he jumped five feet before he got to the fence and then he kind of bounced off the fence and crashed i think he ruined the knee when he crashed into the ground or maybe even when he took some steps there but we can talk all as well how could have you predicted this would happen blah 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 it doesn't make any difference. There's a lot of things that have happened in the world that were unpredictable, but the reason he is not going to play for the next 12 months is because he was playing center field. That's why he was not have been hurt if he was playing somewhere else. Okay. Right. In that injury, he was playing center field. And by the way, I pointed this out three innings, you have now given him seven months of service time. Yeah. People don't think all oh, this is all injury time coming up. Now he was in the big leagues, four more months of service time, then three months of service time. You've given you were people were wondering if he, the reason he wasn't called up earlier was service time. He's getting all that service time now because you guys called him up and for no reason when you 
played him in center field for three innings and he ruined his knee. And who knows if he'll be as good a player after a second surgery as he was that we saw for 11 games earlier in May. So whatever, you know, they can, they can tell me no regrets. You think they really have no regrets that this, that this guy is eaten up, you know, one full year of his time towards free agency, not playing because you put him in center field. I know. And if they it's had just, and if they just left him alone, he would have played shortstop the next day because Royce Lewis, or I'm sorry, because uh, Correa went on the COVID list, but yes, um, yes. people got yes. mad at me. I tweeted the other day, you tore your ACL twice, question mark, how that happened? Well, the first time I slipped on the ice during a freak storm in Texas, <laughs> yes. And the yes. second time I crashed into the outfield wall after Twitter yeah. demanded I play all the positions. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, well, I don't good. know. It's, it's yeah. a little bit of a freak injury, but you're you're yeah. right. It's uh, it, you know, it's only it's only freak in that it you wouldn't expect it to happen. But if you don't know what you're doing out there, like he said, you are prone to weird things happening. I watched it and said when I watched it, you know, but first time I said. He, he's, it looked like he was uncertain to me when he was running backwards. Then I watched it again about video about eight times. And I said, ah, maybe, maybe he knew what he was doing. I didn't really pick up on, uh, because of the angle they were showing us. I didn't pick up on the idea that he jumped early, but he basically said Friday night, you know, I, I wanted to play. I'm a ball player. I'm not just a shortstop. Uh, but, uh, and then he basically said, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I haven't played much outfield. So it was, uh, and I, I, I guarantee, you know, supposedly they could have braced it up and have him tried to play, which would have been ridiculous. But uh, Scott Boris, uh, I'm sure had a whole lot to do with uh, get your surgery and get yourself healthy. And uh, you know, that's the twins problem that, uh, you know, you, you're not going to be ready to go by opening day next year. So. No. And it's a uh, service time. It counts all the same. So that's a, uh... You know, like you said, yeah. that's a, another factor there. Well, right. you said they go to Seattle, um, are rising 359 still, even after an over yesterday. Correa hitting over 300 now, too, by the way. After yeah, he's really he's, been good, he's a better, he's a hell of a player, boy. He's oh, yeah. really good player. He's, I, I always thought he was a good player, but you don't get to, you know, you get to see him six, eight, ten times a year. You saw him in some, you know, postseason, too. But, uh, boy, he's a good player. You know yeah. what else? You know who else loves him? Thomas J. Kelly. J. Oh, I'm Tom. sure. Yeah, it was when I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago. He said that short, you know, he loves shortstop. So that that's why I thought he might play him in the ninth inning yesterday. <laughs> Saturday, yeah. And you were right. It was it was Miranda at first base in that scenario. I looked it up. So the infield was uh, Urshela, Polanco, Arise, and Miranda. That was they got through it. They got through. I think Pagan threw 21 pitches to three batters um, in that outing. I think he got a couple called three-two strike uh, strikeouts, but he he got it. He got through. I think I think Pagan has a lower ERA now than Taylor Rogers, by the way. Somehow, some way, because Rogers had a couple shaky outings lately. Yeah, yeah, he does. I'll I'll still take the other guy, but uh, I think so too. But Pagan's been better than you know those. Well, he, you know. One reason his ERA is okay is both those games where he ended up having the, you know, the ended up, he 
got the three two call <laughs> bases loaded after he led the right. two his 36 and 28 pitch saves right so yeah he's a tightrope walk but uh you know he does have a good arm so you know maybe i overreacted a little to him but he drove me nuts because he wouldn't throw it over when you know he, he waited till three and two to have a strike and then pray that the umpire give him the pitch so he did walk the tightrope a lot this year well but it's, but it's fun to be able to talk to him by this because by this time last year we weren't talking about him you know no. they were well, yeah so. with this, they started like 14 and 28 last year and that was pretty much that was pretty much it that was curtains for them um speaking of curtains for them links patrick wow three and 11 lost to indiana the other probably really bad team in the wnba this year um we're not used to talking about the links like that but my goodness, he lost at home to, to Indiana. Cheryl Reeve, mad at the refs, didn't come out and talk afterwards, sent poor Katie Smith out to explain what happened. She's the assistant coach for the Lynx. Um, missing a ton of their best players in that game. Obviously, what McBride uh, was out. Um, obviously, still no uh, Nafisa Collier. And then whatever they started the year with, with the plan with Angel McCautry, they cut her forever ago. I mean, it's just... This has turned oh. into a nightmare year, and I'm not saying they can't get a little bit better. Fouls is out now too. With yeah. you know, that's you know, her her farewell tour has been cut short. We don't know when she's coming back. So that everything that could go wrong this year seems like it has, and some of it is just bad luck, and some of it's just uh, I don't know if the plan was great this year. Yeah, uh, she well, they got it. the signings that they the early signings at Democratry and uh, well, was another one. And, Neither were playing right, and uh, you know that. I I don't know why did they get they get rid of a couple of guards too. I mean, why what what Dangerfield do to get in the doghouse here? Why did they get rid of her? I think they didn't think she could the style they wanted to play. Didn't think she could. They didn't think she could do it. And I don't know if she's with anybody what right now. What style is it that they want to play? I, yeah, they're not I playing Lynx basketball. They're not playing Lynx basketball, Patrick. I watched most of the fourth quarter, and that was. Uh, it was, you know, Cheryl was more interested in screaming at the officials uh, than trying to draw something up in the in the uh, last thirty seconds. There, she spent her whole time complaining, and uh, and uh, you know, she is, uh, you know, you try to sell women's basketball. I mean, you're still selling it, right? You're still selling it, and you're always complaining that they don't get enough pub and blah 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 and then you spend all your time telling them how rotten the officiating is and uh, you know and, and trying to illegitimize the results of the games and uh, uh, I don't know she uh, that would have been a real classy uh, classy performance if they're her if the women's Olympic team had lost to Lithuania or something and had her storming around the court like a moron like she was after last night yesterday's game very low class by her yesterday uh, the way she behaved at the end of the game and then to not come out and do a media session because she was pouting about the officials is uh, Bush League at the highest of magnitude. And, uh, yeah, it would be – this would make sense if uh, they were uh, tanking for Paige Buker, Beckers, but, uh, I, you know, Paige is not going to be leaving after her junior year. Well, not when she's making more money in UConn than she can <laughs> Uh, in the WNBA, so uh, yeah, they just think that's uh, that's their basic problem. They're no good now. If they get Collier back, uh, I don't know. Eight out of the twelve make it, right? So yes, uh, 
2012. They're it's not hopeless, but no. uh, they, they they this is not what they expected. That's for sure. Well, we're just not used to it either. What they made the made the playoffs like 11 years in a row. Even when you know we kind of they they somehow kind of threaded the needle. You know when they had that last year that Maya Moore played and it wasn't great, right? They kind of they went something close to 500 that year. Oh yeah, they did make the playoffs, but they were that team was. That team was not good, right? That no, it was like they feel like they were like a game or two over five hundred, and then they lost right away oh, in the. Lindsay had it. Wasn't that was that Lindsay's last year? Too? I think no. it was Lindsay's last year too. Yeah, Lindsay was you know she was not in shape and was right. not great, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a mediocre team. But uh, the stat I continue to cite is uh, you know. Uh, Cheryl won 42 playoff games with LeBron, <laughs> Maya Moore, and yeah. has won since. So we'll uh, one one before and one uh, none before and one since. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good that. point. Oh. Hey, you wrote about uh, St. Louis Park baseball. Maybe we can talk about that for a little bit before we get into uh, some NBA final stuff. That was interesting. They're- well, Quint, uh, by coincidence, like. The first night, the first nice afternoon we had after that god awful spring, you know, in early Bay, I was I was home with nothing to do. I looked in the paper to, or I looked somewhere to find out if there are any high school games around, and I saw St. Louis Park was playing Wyzetta at four o'clock over here, not far from where I live. And St. Louis Park has a both both of them have Gopher recruits. Hokanson, the uh, St. Louis Park kid, left-handed pitcher and left-handed hitter and center fielder and really good. And then the catcher from uh, Wyzetta is a Gopher recruit too. I can't remember what his name was. So I said, I'll go over and watch five or six innings. So I went over. So the one high school baseball game I'd watched this year was St. Louis Park. And then uh, uh, they end up uh, going to the tournament, and lo and behold, uh, Hagstrom calls me and says, they haven't been there in 70 years. Yeah, I miss them. So, uh, you know, back back when they went in 52, it was the old eight regionals, uh, you know, one class. And it was only the, the baseball tournament had only started in 47. That surprised me. Hmm. And then when I started looking into that, Halstead, which is a town of about 500 north of Moorhead up there, won it that year. Won the won the. So that was fun. But then the, the but the St. Louis Park coach is a neat guy, and uh, they're you know he's been one of these. He became the he was there as an assistant, and then he became the head coach, and they. But for the last 10 years, they've really pushed baseball there and, you know, gotten a little league and the traveling league and every, and the parents all on the same uh, page. And uh, their, their baseball has been a little better. They've been in the sectional finals four times in six years. And last year, they went into the sectional final and uh, Hopkins beat them twice. And no, Hopkins beat them uh no hopkins beat them bad i guess they 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 got to the sectional final and then hopkins beat them up and uh so yeah they uh they they won the second game against hopkins monday and won the tournament but it's uh you know it it's funny about baseball baseball is still thriving in 
a lot of places for players, but every coach tells me the same thing. I went up and did a piece on Bob Carter, who's been at St. Cloud Cathedral for 50 years, a couple yeah. of years, a year ago. And they all tell me the same thing. Kids love to play baseball. They don't watch it. Yeah, which is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if some of their buddies are going to a game, twins game, right? But they don't sit out and watch the ball games. They don't, if, if somebody makes a play, they'll watch it on video 50 times. But but they don't, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I would have, I imagine that most of them could tell you Louis arise, but they couldn't tell you the twins lineup or something. They don't watch the game, but they still enjoy playing it. And they had the other key there, Mike is uh, St. Louis park. There's 17 of their players play more than one sport. Yeah. Several of them play three. And that's, it's kind of, I, I always liked that old time ethic that, because I think those are better athletes. You know, those are the non-specialist means, you know, John Gillardi won a lot of football games and he always said every town's got the kid who plays quarterback in football, point guard in basketball and uh shortstop in baseball. And that's the guy I want. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he says, and was the homecoming king. <laughs> he says, that's the kid he wants. And, you know, I think you have, some of those kids on the on this on this St. Louis Park team, and it's not all specialists. And 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 St. Louis Park is kind of a funky little first tier suburb too. That's uh, you know like, like a lot of modest homes and a lot of people who've lived in that place for 50, 60 years. So it's a yeah, it's a good story. I enjoyed doing it. I think some of the conventional wisdom is coming around back to the playing more than one sport too. I think there was like that kind of that specialization idea got a lot of run 10, 20 years ago. I think some of the science though, even people love to listen to facts more than they like to listen to people who have done it before. Um, Some of the science is trying to tell us now that you you benefit from it. You just, there's, there's proof now that it's, you know, it's good for, you know, whether it's social is where, you know, socializing, whether it's getting different, you know, functioning with your, with your athletics, whatever it is, it, it helps you in your primary sport, whatever your primary sport winds up being, you know, at a certain point you have to decide sometimes like what's going to be the sport. I, you know, you might focus on a sport if that becomes your best sport and you think you might play it in college, but there's definitely a, uh, the wisdom, the science is coming around to the idea of play more than one sport. You'll avoid the overuse injuries. You'll avoid all those other things and stuff like that. It won't get stale either. This Giovanelli and the Stefano Giovanelli is a junior is a great athlete very good wide receiver in football and a good basketball player. And I've talked to him a minute. He said, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, he said, I probably going to, he loves football, he, but he said, I, I love the playing them all. He said, cause you, you know, you play with different games, just what you said, you're playing with different people to some degree or you're doing different things. You don't get stale. You don't say, Oh my God, I got to go to another football practice this summer or something like that. So yep. yeah, I think it's a, uh, I, I, I think it's plus, you know, that's, I mean, that's, we've had generations of, you know, it didn't, Joe Maurer did not have to become a baseball specialist to have a pretty good career. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, that's, you're, you, there's, there's the example everybody's used. Best quarterback in the country. Uh, a, the best baseball, high school baseball player in the country as a catcher. And oh, by the way, 
probably one of the top 10 basketball players in Minnesota that year too, as a six foot four point guard. So uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, being an all around athlete. I think the hardest one is to break away the hockey players that, right. uh, you know, get in because there's so much summer hockey now and stuff like that, that uh, it's, you know, like the, they always used to play Legion ball. And I, you know, I think most, I think that's, I think Legion ball loses a whole lot of kids to, other summer activities, but, uh, yeah, baseball still got the numbers are okay. So it's good. How about Rory it's winning oh. in Canada and saying, uh, my 21st tour victory, one more than somebody else. So well, I think that was the quote and he was taking yeah. a shot at Greg Norman who has 20, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the weekend yeah. of, uh, you know, the <laughs> debut of that other tour and PGA getting a little frontal with the, uh, with the, uh, with oh, their yeah. takedown of it. It's interesting. But all of a sudden you read the paper. If I'm a guy, I read that uh, the Charles Charles Schwartzel takes home 4.75 million, you know, 4 million for winning. And then he was in on some team goofy thing they have going. The crowd was not good over there and they got no pub really. I mean, they got some pub, but they weren't on TV, right? They're not, they know they, they, everything streamed. That's some special streaming the thing that where, where do you go to I, I have streaming where do you go to get it i wouldn't have known where to watch it it wasn't on youtube tv i know that so i mean i didn't want to watch it but uh but you know what yes they're gonna the, we talked about this last week but the the thing that this is really gonna hurt is like the 3m open and tournaments yes. like because you look at the 48 guys that played in this tournament 20 of them might have been at the at uh, Blaine, you know, funny, you know, not, not all of the prominent ones, but you know, that secondary group that's playing there, there's Charles Schwartzels of the world. You might add them out here and you're not going to have them. So it's going to be an interesting battle. Uh, I, I'm surprised that uh, a guy like Dustin just hurt his legacy like that, you know, as far as, uh, I guess I guess the four majors are the only ones that they worry about now, and they can uh, what they they can play in all of them, right? There's, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's a PGA Championship is not run by the PGA Tour. You won't play in the players anymore, but you can play in the four majors. So, I guess some of them just decided they'd rather not play as much and win more money. So, uh, I, I don't know, but I'm not. It, you're watching the thing in Canada, and I, I watched the end of it. And the crowd was just absolutely nuts and wrapped yep. up. And uh, they're all, they, they gave me a stat watching the game, watching that yesterday. Yeah. There are 2 million Irish in Ontario. Really? Two, it, it, I mean, there was, the, you know, we talk about all the Irish who came to New York and, uh, 1800s the potato famine and stuff well others the, the others went to canada apparently because uh i mean Rory, there were guys out there and shamrocks and the whole deal uh, watching rory yesterday but yeah it is going to be interesting to what that when those guys what this week right this week u.s open with it yeah and they're going to end up playing with each other right i mean yeah. they're going to the same groups and uh it'll it'll be interesting to say the least i wonder if, i wonder if the usga is gonna and yeah, they they don't want to get sued so they're not gonna 
they're not going to take sides, I guess, but they, you know, it's going to, it's going to be, uh, it is, uh, I, I can't remember. This is what the craziest thing that's happened in sports since the, since the, uh, AFL probably the USFL maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is bigger than the USFL rival league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really is because it because the amount of money they're paying. But anyway, it's uh, yeah, Rory's. I'm glad to see Rory win. I've always been a, for some reason I'm a fan of his. I guess because he's a skinny guy who can hit at three thirty. I don't know. I've never. It, it tells you that it isn't all uh, muscle. Uh, when you no. Hit a ball. Hey, his big problem is he can't putt. He's not a great putter, but uh, he can. When he's playing good, when he's hitting it straight, he's something. So yeah, good. he was he was great in that final. Everybody was taking dead aim at the flags on Sunday. I was watching a little bit of it, man. They were every time I looked up, they were knocking it within three feet. He was the best of that bunch. Um, quick before we go, Game Five NBA Finals tonight. Um, man, Curry was something else in Game Four, kind of bringing that oh. team back from the brink. What forty three points? And Wiggins had like sixteen rebounds in that game. Yeah. Curry, I think, had a double-double, too. I think he had 10 rebounds in that game. I don't yeah. I don't think either of these teams is great. Uh, I think they're both kind of flawed. It's kind of a weird finals because you're kind of used to seeing a couple teams with 60 wins doing battle. These guys are, what, 53, 51 wins. It's such an even distribution of wins this year. So it's just been a hard one to figure. But, man, Golden State getting that home court back. I, I thought Boston was the better team, and they kind of blew it in that game four. I heard Barrero yesterday morning. I was in the car when he was doing his Sunday morning show. And, yeah. Uh, he was talking about how Khan sat him down once to explain to him, you know, that uh, got him to come over and talk to him. And he wanted to explain to him what an extraordinary player Johnny Flynn was. And that yeah. we not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dan said, you know, it's old news and it's blah, blah, blah. And it's been, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it a hundred times, but he says, when you watch Curry play that game, it all comes rushing back. (laughs) That, 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 uh, Johnny Flynn, who ended up having a pretty good run in Australia, ended up, uh, you know, that you took him, uh, and him and Rubio instead of Stephen Curry. And, and then, well, he wouldn't have played her anyway. Well, he would have played her at least five years. So <laughs> right. right. Have, have given him, you know, he, he wasn't going to go play in Dubai or something. No. He wasn't going to go play in the Dubai League. So uh, oh, they would have just uh, messed up his ankles anyway. It's like, ah, it would have uh, been fun to find out. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been poor Johnny Flynn. Yeah. You know, let's face it, I blame. Uh, I blame that Syracuse team for going six overtimes. <laughs> yeah. Johnny into a hero otherwise. Uh, but yeah, Steph is, you know, what is, I've always been a guy who loved the shooter, right? I don't love the three point game, but I look back in the day. I love the shooter. The guy that knows what's when it's in, when he lets it yeah. go, he's going the other way. Nobody's better at that than Steph. He had one in that late net game. Where the guy he was covered. Oh yeah, and yeah. was leaping at him, and he shot it. He's starting to run back down the court. He knows it's in from like twenty six feet with an yeah. arm, and a whoosh. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 uh, he's an incredible. Well, you know what? He's really added to his game is rebounds and uh, yeah, you know, uh, assists. But rebounds, he's he gets eight ten rebounds a game. But yeah, I think it's been a good final, even though. 
you know, this was the really the first close game, right? The first real close game. But uh, they, they, you're right. It's, it's, it's an interesting matchup because, and I, Burrow pointed this out too. That he that he had that 43 point game against the best defense in the NBA. Yeah. You know? Guard yeah. the hell out of you. So, uh, and without yeah. much help either. I mean, this is not a great Warriors team. Oh, they, they're they're getting dragged there by staff by yeah. and large. Uh, Draymond looks old a lot of times. Does I mean he's feisty and he likes to yeah. raise. Uh, he's uh, he's old and beat up from beating you know from beating on those teams all those years. So I still kind of like the Celtics to win it, but uh, it was fun to watch that. I saw most of it. So. Yeah, anyway. well, as we'll see what happens tonight. Should be a good game. Game five in a 2-2 series doesn't get much better than that. Patrick, good stuff. Let's do this again next week, all right? All right, Michael. See you. Goodbye.